Commando! Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast, where for the first time, we are not talking about something Marvel related. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III, and uh, I'm along with my two great co-hosts, one, Jake Christie, the producer of this show. Jake, how are you? Mando! I'm <laughs> And also Jerome Chang, Black Dragon Roll. What's going on, brother? I'm doing great, man. Uh, which, actually, no, that's like a weird thing to say on this week of all weeks. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you know, you know what you want to like come because it's a podcast and you mm-hmm. want to like just come on, like I'm bringing mm-hmm. the energy and I'm fine. <laughs> How are you guys? He's, he's fine. All right. He I'm sure fine. is. And, um, so yeah, so this podcast has done Marvel movies and Marvel television and news and comic books and a whole bunch of things. Um, I think it's something that's captivated me and, and and I think to a degree you guys, which is why we're doing this, is uh, The Mandalorian, which is on Disney Plus, a Star Wars vehicle, and it is currently in its second season. And yeah, it's just it's a really it's a really fascinating uh, fascinating show that takes like a different kind of look at uh, a different type of yeah. It's really yeah. It's fun. It's yeah, so I think fun. that's a that's a good yeah. way to describe it. It's a it's really fun. Um, Jerome, I'll, I'll start with you. Like, sure. in terms of season one, and I guess kind of trying to apply what you've already known about the Star Wars uh, ethos, uh, what what were your thoughts and um, your levels of knowledge going into this? And how did you receive the season? So I, I definitely grew up a big Star Wars fan. I remember that and just being really into it and I I was growing up definitely like just with my age uh, I was right in that pocket of when the prequels came out like that was a time for me to like kind of get into it after already kind of taking in the original trilogy Um, so I've followed it like throughout my whole life uh, Star Wars in general Um, also shout out all the Star Wars video games I used to play a lot of Jedi Knight uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Shout anyone um, else. You ever play a Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast? Oh come on! That one I feel like great. I've watched that on YouTube, I'm, but I, I remember it. it was on GameCube, and there was like a limited amount that were ever released on GameCube, mm-hmm. and we right. got it when it first came out, and it like I remember our, our cousins came over, was like, "Holy crap, you got Jedi Knight Two? Oh, here's here's my here's my time capsule. So I used to play with uh, shout out <laughs> high school uh, friend Michael Baraja. It was just one on one. We would play online together, and I'd always have uh, I. I'd start my Winamp MP3 player with a playlist of songs mm-hmm. and then like start up Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast. So I'd mm-hmm. be like force choking Michael Baracha while <laughs> Adam's song by Blink-182 <laughs> would play in the background. So it was... a better visual if I could, you know, but... We, we'd always, like my, our favorite thing to do was always to like force choke and then force jump in the air and then mm-hmm. drop the person from out of yep. the air. Yeah, it was just like always our thing to do. But um, I digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Mandalorian, it it was one of those things that I mean, for anyone who also has been a Star Wars fan, like there is a level of fatigue that kind of came with things. And then, you know, it, it was always a hit or miss. You never knew what you're going to get with a new Star Wars property. And so I know when I got into it, I came into it late. 
I think by the time I started watching and binging through, everyone was already like just gaga about it. Um, and then when I checked it out, it was like such a quick watch for me. It's such an easy thing. Like I think it reminded me of some of like my favorite um, animes. Like one in particular was uh, Samurai Champloo. There was just this like fun thing about you'd have these isolated stories kind of set in, in this case, it's great because it's separated really from the, the star Wars ethos of star mm -hmm. Wars universe. Like it exists in it, but it wasn't like, yeah. so about the skywalkers or about anything like that. Um, but it'd be these kind of like each episode was its own serialized mission, but it would kind of just edge the overall plot forward bit by mm -hmm. bit. And, and then, I mean, obviously baby Yoda. <laughs> so oh, yeah. like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I remember that came at a time, like, I think The Mandalorian also came for me because I was just coming off of last season's Toronto C season, and I was very burnt out between that and uh, the then uh, champ NBA champion Toronto Raptors. Um, so I was just remember, like, this is the first thing I'm going to take in when I finally have a break for myself. So it was taking in all that and then making somewhere around, like, 30 different Yoda memes. The mm -hmm. one where, you know, when he plays the, <laughs> like, he... Uh, hit something in the spaceship and people had like put songs to it. I just put every song I could possibly that was think great of. uh and if I scroll through my phone and look through my like phone history of mm -hmm. things it's just like there's just baby Yoda in one section <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> uh, but uh I I'm sorry I'm, I'm just monopolizing at this point big fan of the show uh really excited for it to come back I think it's it's just such a fun aside that gives you just enough of the um easter eggs from uh the star wars universe while really feeling like its own original story that's not burned by it and right. i think it's just it strikes such a good balance right absolutely and jake uh, how about you how did okay. you receive the first season in your star wars first knowledge? and foremost i want to start off by saying baby yoda is good and strong and he's my friend just want to say that okay i love that man <laughs> he's the best i think that it is there are so many memes of him and Wait, quick question do we know if like what baby Yoda's gender is just because we say, uh, I or think if, they refer to the thing. I think a like, child. They th I think they refer to it as a he, or I, I don't know. I'm thinking it's a he. Just I'm because, it's a he. Yeah. Cause I think that even you've heard like the showrunners call it, uh, the child he, but anyway, okay. more important, most importantly is that he or she is my friend. Um, yes. and I think that the thing that's special about baby Yoda before I go on talking about the show generally is it really is crazy how many memes there were of him. And the moment I went to rewatch season one, uh, before season two, I was not tired of him at all. It was just like, ah, there he is. Like, he's great. Um, anyway, but I think the thing that makes that why this is works well as a Star Wars spinoff, and I think that people obviously were burned out off burned out of Star Wars. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker uh, is mm. really bad, even though I think this, mm. this, what, this came out before it. So, but still, mm -hmm. I think, and I think the problem, like, I think that, I think you can do as many spinoffs as you want in the Star Wars universe without getting burnt down on him because I'll explain why this specifically how, but I think the big thing is that there's a big enough setting. We really can tell any story you want. I think the problem was not so much that people were tired of star Wars stories. I mean, start, excuse me, stories set in the star Wars universe. It's, I think the problem specifically with solo is that solo was a movie that the pitch of the movie, the, sh like the plot shape of solo should not have been, the same plot shape as a regular Star Wars movie, but like there's so many studio notes and the thing that you hear said whenever they talk about the directors getting fired is that like they weren't making a quote unquote Star Wars movie, right? It's like, no, no, no. You could have something set in the Star Wars universe. Just don't make it like a Star Wars movie. The thing about The Mandalorian is it's set in the Star Wars universe, but 
it structurally is not a Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? It's not structurally like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is just, it works so well. It's also really structurally not like a lot of things on regular TV. I appreciate what you said about anime because I, you know, really never watched anime, but I think that that's probably the best comparison because like regular TV these days is either completely serialized or it's one continuous story. Whereas this is kind of a little bit of both where there is a good mix of serialization and not. Um, and it, it, I think also the, it's really the only show I've seen that the only show I've seen on streaming that I don't, that I like the fact that it doesn't have a set amount of minutes it has to be. Because I think almost every show that's on the stream, especially comedies on streaming, it's like, so maybe not 22 and a half minutes, but someone really should have cut this down from like 35 minutes. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. um, whereas it this, gets like, indulgent at a point. Whereas this, like, I think it really works that like th- there's no fat on the Mandalorian. Anyway, it's great. Um, and what I do like you say, to say um, what kind like of works? Because you use Solo as one example, but what might kind of, might work for the Mandalorian is somewhat similar to what worked for Rogue One. Yes, I think that Rogue One obviously is more similar to Good a regular point. Star Wars movie than Rogue One. I mean, excuse me, than Man- the Mandalorian. But Rogue mm-hmm. One is structured a lot like a war movie, more so than a regular Star Wars movie, where like the first act and a half are all about just getting the team together. And then it's like, it's, 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 it's like I said, it's just the structure. Cause Star Wars is what makes a Star Wars movie, a Star Wars movie, like a main saga movie. It's not just the setting. It is that they all have basically the same general structure and the same general tone. And that's not a problem. It's the same thing we talk about the MCU that like, I think Avengers movies tend to have this a similar structure and tone compared to other MCU movies. But if every other MCU movie was structured and had the same tone as the Avengers movies, you get sick of it. But. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad you bring it back to th- bring it to that. And I was thinking this is a way that we can at least link back to the core of what mm-hmm. we talk about. Some of our favorite MCU films are the ones that are ten- that tend to be treated like genre films, mm-hmm. like ones that exist outside of the formulaic uh, feel that is like sometimes an MCU film. And so I think in that same spirit, the way they handle the Mandalorian and like you said, Jake, breaking structurally, from what we're used to uh, under that um, topic of uh, Star Wars, uh, I, I think it just works really well. And it just seems refreshing, even though it's so familiar. It's a space Western. Um, mm-hmm. like, I, like, I feel like this is just um, perfect in the sense that it's a self-contained story, like you guys mentioned earlier. And the cinematography is something else. I am very drawn in by a lot of the shots and a lot and the way that episodes uh, begin and end. Um, the score is another thing. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, most of the time, if an episode comes off, all right, I'm going on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. I let that thing rock. That's mm. a that's a great, uh, you know, when they, and they show the, mm-hmm. the, the artwork too. It's so good. It, it's it, so it really moody. is in a way that just yeah, feels it so... makes you feel like you're getting prepared to do so do something really big right that right. that um that score at the end and it's just like all right I'm, I'm i'm into this i'm into the vibe um so like when i when i started watching the the first season you know there was a couple of things i noticed from the video games like i remember a nintendo 64 uh star wars shadows of the empire um that was a game that i played right i have, have boba fett in it had um the ig droid that shows up in in uh episode one that uh he's going back and forth with when they're after going after uh baby yoda now obviously the surprise of baby yoda itself was really cool 
at the at the end of episode one, it shows you that there's a connection, but they didn't go out of their way to make it, you know, the super, super main thing and, and, and super, super focused. I also love that they haven't overdone the Baby Yoda thing in terms of seeing the, the powers and stuff to this mm-hmm. point. Um, there's just been some, you know, notable things like when he takes on that monster in episode two and uh, in other cases when he's needed help, you know, he shows up and and then he's kind of, it's very understated. The show does a good job of of giving you stuff without overdoing it. And I think, like Jake said earlier, when it came to the time, uh, the time limit, there is there's a good um, efficiency in which yeah. the you don't feel like you're watching something and you're like, man, when's this episode going to end? Because I definitely felt that way because this was this yeah. uh, this uh, season two. This beginning episode was the longest at run uh, runtime that the Mandalorian has had to this point, uh, 52 minutes or so. And I didn't feel like I was like, you know, no, I didn't feel like I was, it was too yeah. long. It was really, it's just really cool. They run in and out of stuff. And, you know, to that point, they're really efficient. Mm-hmm. So um, let's just dive in. Let's, well, uh, let's before t- we move. Yeah, to I have another one. I just want to add like one. Yeah, yeah, go yeah ahead. one quick thing. Cause we were like, you were praising Baby Yoda so much, but pedro pascal as the mandalorian mm-hmm. oh yeah i was actually gonna i was gonna talk about the acting is my next point but yeah keep going no no, no. well i mean like i think yeah well let's use that as a jump point but jake please uh i think that i think pedro pascal is great and i think that um it is so i think it's very easy to be like oh he just uses voice but it's really kind of crazy how if you watch him in scenes where he's not talking you can tell what he's thinking almost the entire yeah. time like, mm-hmm. eh, eh, but I, I think that more than that, like more than just Pedro Pascal, I think the thing that you get when you have a show that is, you know, executively produced by, it will created by John Favreau, is that the level of talent coming off the bench just randomly in episodes is <laughs> insane, mm-hmm. insane. Like the. And, and and like the fact you're talking about the uh, IG-88, like Taika Waititi, obviously great in it. But I mean, I think Werner Herzog, in, the fact that he is in a star <laughs> right. is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, like how in, how in the, at the beginning of the season, John Leguizamo shows up for two seconds I know. Uh, just to get strung up. I mean, obviously, Timothy Oliphant, your guy from Justify. Listen, if I, we go about to get I know into that. But I, and also, I think... Like, Carlo like Esposito yeah. closing. Yeah, that's another one. even, like, one. the non-people mm-hmm. you'd expect to come up with, like, I think that, like, Bill Burr, I think, is really good in the episode yeah. he's in. Like, in, legitimately in my argument, great. that's my... That was actually... I would argue that was my favorite episode. Besides Same. the... Besides right. the open, and you could argue the finale, but that was, like, my favorite yeah. in-between type of episode. And, mm-hmm. and also, but, like, someone even, like, an Amy Sedaris, like... I I think the thing about mm-hmm. it is that it's not just that they cast they cast big splashy actors it's they cast them almost all of them except for really like junk actually not all of them but a lot of them like in roles you wouldn't necessarily expect like it's it's not just like oh who's the famous person i'm going to call up it's like bill burr as a you know ruthless like bounty hunter on like a mission to free some from prison is like that's not something you'd immediately expect or, like what I feel it's like Amy good Sedaris character acting stars? Exactly. Like it yeah. is. It, there's, there, and he was really good. None of them good. are yeah. playing necessarily their type of what mm-hmm. you would think exactly. they would play. And, uh, and, and again, that's what makes it so fun. It's just you see 
them like kind of playing outside of their uh, normal space. The only two that are act that play into type, actually, other than John Colors, being on Werner Herzog and Tim Elephant, but the play we really do are uh, Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally as in the cameo <laughs> as the stormtroopers <laughs> at the beginning of the season one finale. That, oh, that uh, good. that's very in type, but yeah, yeah, I think it's just it's just a quality of acting that. It's the same thing you get when you have a show that is has a millions and millions of dollars worth of a budget, and that it's like, if you if John Favreau calls someone, it's like, hey, do you want to do two days on a Star Wars TV show? It's like, yes, no shit, yeah. yeah who's gonna say no? <laughs> but so like, I, I, I'm glad you bring that up because there was there is this point of like, it shouldn't be hard to pull in talent to be in a Star Wars property, mm-hmm. but you love the idea that it's this one because mm-hmm. more often than not, it's like. Uh, uncredited so-and-so was in a stormtrooper mm-hmm. outfit, uh, like outfit, and you'd have to freeze frame to show that like which one they were yeah but like they actually are in it and that's what's so fun and, and you're able to do that because this is a western where it's like yeah of course this guy meets like a new character every episode like it, right. you can have because it, it, it's just the way it works and you want and you don't want to just cast a random person in these roles because you want these characters to be have color and to be as interesting as possible. Also, while we're talking about the acting, I think, you know, I we, we forgot Gina Carano, who's obviously Gina Carano and Carl Weathers, right. who are Carl Weathers, oh, who yeah. is, oh my is God, Carl a truly like it is Christmas morning and he's a honey baked ham on the table. It's great. Uh, and then Gina Carano I, I like... is just, I, I mean, just the, like she just has the physicality to get her anywhere else. But oh, uh, yeah, he got, he is so hammy though. Carl Weathers is like, he is when you talk like range like you know that range meme like when i think carl like that's apollo fucking creed Mm -hmm. i guess the funny thing is though other than like after the (laughs) 80s though almost every character he played is kind of like this though like no 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 no, no, for sure for sure there was there was like before and after chubbs yeah yeah that's what i'm gonna say every character he's played since is kind of a little bit even especially you know they're they're mostly like him playing himself in arrested development (laughs) right right but that like that's the insane thing to me because especially uh, this is a carl weathers tangent but that's fine my first entry point Mm. to him is happy gilmore Mm. and then it's like and then I, i don't even know that when i watched rocky finally i put the two together like oh that's chubbs (laughs) like Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, shout, shout out Carl Weathers is what I'm saying. Yep. No, shout out Carl Weathers. That was a great. That, not only great when you saw him, but just to see how there was that back and forth. Whether you didn't know his character was a good guy or a bad guy, whether he was helping he Mando that range or not helping that Mando, regardless, it was just cool. Mando. What was that? Yeah, uh, you put together that range and that like variety of characters. You know what? You got yourself a good stew. <laughs> got you. Got go. you. <laughs> you got a stew going. <laughs> all right all right let's go so, to season two yeah so yes so yeah let's start season two chapter nine the marshal uh mando is uh looking for another mandalorian to lead him to jedi warriors in order to place uh baby yoda uh with where he should be where mm-hmm. he's uh, he's supposed to be and you know, obviously the opening the opening scene was really fun. Jake already mentioned John Leguizamo as the, this really slimy alien. That was a really fun uh, fun teaser to start. Um, but you know, you get into uh, as uh, Mando's going around and he finds uh, a gentleman who has the Boba Fett armor and the Boba Fett helmet, which you know a lot of people mark out for. Boba Fett is for one sure. of the most famous bounty hunters in a star wars lore but obviously it's not boba fett in this case is boba fett it, the uh, most overrated badass in film <laughs> you yes. know i have to say yes but like in in the game that i mentioned earlier Sh- uh, sure. shadows of the empire 
like he's a great boss. Like he has the jetpack. He's flying around. He shoot. He has like seven or eight different types of weapons with uh, rocket launchers, heat-seeking missiles, and all this other like, stuff. I, I just don't know a character whose legend more precedes him. Yeah, it's not like what we're seeing in on camera. It just is, I think is he just doesn't get that much to do on screen. Like unfortunately, sure. he's he, you really only see him in one full fledged fight where it's him against the heroes and he falls into a star like pit and dies. <laughs> dot 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 maybe, but right. um, <laughs> yeah. But he I, honestly, the thing is, I think that there's just something so he just looks so cool, especially with the jetpack. Like, yeah. No, it, it's, it's a it. testament to the, cool. the costume design for sure. Like when you look at it, you're just like, oh, this guy's dope. But then you realize, like, actually, I mean, going back to this episode, what, the way you see Timi- Timothy Oliphant's character just like use it so easily, mm-hmm. it made me really think like how much of this Mandalorian training is just the armor? Like suit of ar- take away a suit of armor. What does that make you? It's <laughs> a great question. I feel like we're gonna. I feel like we're gonna find out more about that as the season goes on, but uh, yeah, Mando comes upon Cobb Vent, played by uh, the aforementioned Timothy Oliphant, one of my favorites. Yeah, go uh, from- t- take some time. Take some time because oh, I know you want to compare. Yeah, man. Talk a little bit about how uh, Cobb is like. Uh, crap, I'm forgetting. What's his character's name? Justifying again. Raylan Givens. Yeah. Raylan um, Givens. Yeah, Cobb is. It's Raylan Givens. And the same thing, Timothy Oliphant is all over the place. Um, shout out to Anthony Mays, a uh, friend of the show. Um, we were talking uh, a few days ago, and, and he's like, Timothy Oliphant is showing up in everything. And I'm like, yo, he's showing up in everything playing Raylan Givens, because right now he's the sheriff and uh, he's the marshal in Fargo, too. Now, so, he, like, but he's, he, does, he speaks with an accent justified, though, right? Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. Timothy Oliphant more... is like a member of what it is called, like, not Hall of Fame, but like the Jeff Bridges hall of people from california who can like seem like they're southern like southern california guys who are <laughs> who likes like like timothy Alphon is like you know from southern california he for surfs but like he just is, feels so natural playing a person from the mm. you know yeah, from texas yeah. anyway there's just the, the whole challenge you to a dual vibe and it's like i've been you know lately been watching him not only in fargo but in this seeing him in this was just so it was a pleasant surprise a and then b it's like it's like watching it's watching Raylan Givens and Raylan Givens to me is like one of the greatest characters um in television history. Just the the cool suave way that he is and just the the swashbuckler uh almost cowboy like way that he he you know he attacks everything. Just that first scene with him and Mando while well, he has the helmet on and Mando mm-hmm. is going at him and Mando right. is just like he's like yo I'm ready to go. You want to go? Yeah, Let's yeah. go. Let's do this. And I just love the tension building in that scene and, and, it, and it goes to the point I was making earlier about the whole space western vibe and it always like and this is just like peak space western um, mm-hmm. with that intensity between between the two. Um, but then we get into Cobb's story. He talks about what happened to him and we see that he is actually he is actually a good dude trying to do the right thing. Um, and um, seeing how that story comes together, how did you how did you guys uh, feel about that, Jake? I'll start with you. I thought it was really well done, interesting, and just a, it's a much just a much more interesting take than um, oh he found the guy who stole a Mandalorian's armor and he has to kill him now. Like that's just not as interesting to me. Um, and I think that it uh, it it ended up leading to a resolution that was also more interesting than like. Uh, you know, showdown in the middle of the square because that's the obvious way for it to end. But like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think that clearly he's a good person and he's, 
I don't know. I think it's just an, int- I think I, I just thought it was an interesting subversion of what you expect. Cause when he comes into the bar, you like, Oh, this is going to end with them killing each other. Um, like each other. But uh, I, I just like the idea that even though, yeah, he did this thing that Mando considers like really heinous having a Mandalorian's armor. Yeah. He is, he <laughs> has good intentions. Right. He has good intentions. And I think that in a show like this, which is like a Western like Westerns, there is something inherently interesting about anyone in the West who has good intentions, because like, that's the thing that's kind of antithetical to the West. And you know what I mean? Like in any Western, everyone is out looking out for themselves. So the most interesting character in a Western is usually the guy who's looking out for someone else. You know what I mean? And yeah, I thought that that's what made him an interesting character. Yeah. And I think um, on top of that, they don't inundate they tell the story without inundating you and feeling like they're giving you too much like for there's example, not a lot of like, over exposition i think they right like cop goes into his story you get the visuals which is you know which is really cool because sometimes they'll give you to your point the exposition and you won't really see anything they give you the visuals like what happened right. back then how he you know how he found the armor and what uh led him to it and stuff like that so i thought that was pretty cool but uh jerome go ahead uh your thoughts on that whole scene and and how that uh, led to the formation of this episode. Um, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, just generally, the scene itself is just super fun, and that is pretty much what you're going to get with, I think, Timothy Oliphant in, in that kind of setting. Uh, I do, if Springthorpe is listening right now, mm-hmm. like, I do want to hear his take mm-hmm. on the general zaddiness of Timmy. Timmy there's Oliphant a lot there. There's a lot there. You know, there. I feel like there's a there's plenty to speak on, and I'm I'm not mm-hmm. even just doing it for the sake of this episode. Like that's it, I, I thought of Springthorpe as I was watching, and uh, in knowing nah, that he's got the look, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. But as for itself, uh, <laughs> it, there was this thing that I really enjoyed, and you guys touched upon it when it came to his character. Uh, just how they added layers to him that he was he he wasn't just one dimensional which i liked but i also liked how they did it with some of the um character or types of characters we were used to before like tuscan raiders mm-hmm. weren't just like these people who were just always fucking up your shit and like mm-hmm. jawas too actually helped for once i mean still to their own benefit but um <laughs> there was just this level of everyone having a little more given to them and especially when you look at the tuscan raiders it's not like they really say anything Mm-hmm. or anything that we understand um so but it was just very cool I, I had a and i guess it's a sign of specifically when we watch the episode and where we are right now uh i watched this episode with the people from tatooine as democrats mm-hmm. and the tuscan raiders as republicans <laughs> mm-hmm. finding a way to unite together against the giant dragon of intolerance um and mm-hmm. but like actually they can get away of like Wait, as they started going this way, like, did they try to actually add some sort of like overcoming differences lesson in this thing? Which I wouldn't be surprised if there there was some intent behind it. Um, but yeah, Chen- I would. That would make sense if it turned out at the end that the monster was like actually working with the Tuscan Raiders. But that's whatever. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's too odd that was at that point, I suppose. <laughs> um, but uh, no, like, I, it's just you know, this is the if we were talking about it in Marvel MCU terms, like somehow Mandalorian season one entered in as in phase two, like mm-hmm. almost like Disney in general, just knew like what works. And we are already like getting into like phase three levels of just so comfortable in their space, having so much fun. Um, there is just so much that goes on into like, I mean, obviously Timothy, 
Timothy Oliphant's character himself, but also just like the general gags that come with, you know, the first attempt they have at like trying to go at the dragon and mm -hmm. just eat the Tuscan Raider. <laughs> like the comedy is funny, which is not something that you're guaranteed with Star Wars all the time. No, like Star Wars has a habit of like sometimes it actually can be funny and other times it's just so corny, mm -hmm. like so please laugh this is intended to be funny or so or, or even a sense of self-importance when it's not trying to for sure uh be be funny yeah uh, and, and, and yeah. this i mean like between where they are uh where this is set in um the characters and the groups of uh characters that are involved the species if you will uh it's just it's so cool how this really felt like the outskirts of the galaxy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I do love how the Tuscan Raiders um and Vanth were going back and forth. <laughs> and, oh, the and Mando has this, the Mando scene has around to the fire is fantastic. You know, just play, had, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Mm. That was fun. It, was, it you know, it didn't feel like it was super tension filled, but I just thought like the the idea of conflict. This um this old dude who didn't really want to change his ways or whatever, and had this view of these Tuscan Raiders and these Tuscan Raiders having the view of him, and then Mando of all people being the peacemaker. Um, that was fun. There, there even feels like there's a bit of uh, a cross seasons character growth for Mando himself because yeah. it just like him out in the world, there there just seems to be such a self assuredness to him mm -hmm. in how he handles everything, how diplomatic he might be. How, um, I think it helps having like his armor looks great. <laughs> I'll yeah. say that. Um, fresh. It's so fresh. fresh. And uh, but yeah, like it just. How he navigates and how worldly, I would say, Mando feels that I didn't necessarily see in the first one. It felt like he, it was like he uh, he graduated college and now he's out in the world and he's just like he's figuring it out. No, because if you just graduate college and he's just figuring out the world, that's a good response. Someone would say, you know, I don't know if marijuana should be legal. And he'd go, well, caffeine is a drug. So if he just, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Oh man! You know what? Oh, now, man. now I feel Jake. You and I need to get ourselves in to like write woke Mando. Just like oh uh, well, no, not I don't even woke Mando. I would say like uh, well, woke with air quotes. Like yeah, honestly. no, like third yeah. eye Mando. Sure, 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 <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Like dude, dude, like dude, listen to me. I swear, this is the way, dude, bro, bro. <laughs> this is the way. They don't want you to know this, but bro, this is the way. <sighs> Sorry. Oh yes, man, and. It's funny as we, as you know, as the plot advances and we deal with this dragon, which uh, spits acid out, which is mm. like, oh, okay, dragon spitting acid, pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that dragon's they... an awesome, like in terms of Star Wars creatures, there's a high Visually? bar for monsters. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It <laughs> might beat out any dragon from Game of Thrones. <laughs> in terms of creativity, yes. Yeah. And the anyway. fact it's not yeah. named Drogon helps. <laughs> <laughs> Although I gotta say, Ice Dragon was really dope. Oh yeah, Ice Dragon was dope. That's why. That's why I'm hesitant. <laughs> yeah, Ice Dragon was yeah. Okay, I you yeah, know so it just the the final season just really makes me forget a lot of stuff. Sorry, <laughs> back. To no, no, of course, no. I I love all sidebars here. Um, so the, yeah, the crate Dragon really cool. Obviously, they end up working together mm -hmm. to uh, thwart the dragon. Um, the first time does not go well. Um, with them trying to plant the explosives and dragons like, eh, no, not about that life. And, uh, you know, spitting out the acid, there were mass casualties. So they had to regroup and uh, make a new plan. And eventually they do uh, fall, the, uh, fall the dragon. Um, I felt like by the end, 
of um, end of this episode, there were obviously two things that uh, we're going to get to in a little bit. But one, I would love to see a spinoff of Oliphant as this character. Um, to no one's surprise. <laughs> just sheriffing. But no, I'm with you. I'm with you for sure. Just sheriffing the like... It, if y'all told me that him and Mando would team up for like a little bit, if they did a series like that, that would be so cool. But if they just spend time with this character um, in his own, in his own self-contained story, that would be cool too. It was just really a great appearance. Um, I feel like overall. in the world building, this is, and this is kind of like, like in anything, like this is the, the exact type of moment in this like series or in an arc where you're just going to like lose it. Like you'll just mark out if Oliphant shows back up in like the bigger, more mm-hmm. epic moment, right? Like the right. the um, assemble moment, if you will. Which would like, be a very classic Western thing to do. Right. Yes. You know, you, you pick up all these allies along the way mm-hmm. and then, but like they don't come with you, but you know, they're there when you call. Right, right, for sure. And we have to talk about the end of the episode as Mando you know, leaves, he goes away off in the distance. There is a uh, figure who happens to be one uh, Boba Fett. He's, right. he's, he mm-hmm. is alive, alive and well. He survived the Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Um, so Which is, we... I, that's been, I, I, I probably just cut you off. Yeah, but no, I know go, just go because ahead. I never read any of it, but I know that that's like a very established extended universe thing is that he's always survived the Sarlacc pit just because I think people realize from what you were saying that like he's way too cool just to kill off in one uh, one fell swoop. But I don't know about you guys, but it got, the fact that Boba Fett was the, obviously the armor gave it away in a way, but the fact mm-hmm. that Boba Fett was the Mandalorian that he was looking for was kind of given away from me when I saw the news that Tamora Morrison was getting cast as Boba Fett again, who mm-hmm, for those right. listening, he played uh, Jango Fett and, and all the Stormtrooper voices uh, in the original trilogy, and you might be like, you played Jango Fett, why are you playing Boba Fett? Guys, don't you remember that Boba Fett is a, a regular, clone. is a clone no. of, yeah. but he grows at a normal rate, though. He also right. was uh, the Aquaman's dad. Real Aquaman, nerd Star Wars talk. Oh, you <laughs> thought we weren't going to have the knowledge, oh, guys, huh? I love, yeah, I love, I don't have the knowledge base, but I love the nitty gritty nerd. But see, but see, like, that, like, I don't have it. I don't have the, since I don't, not in the extended universe stuff, I don't have all of it, but the stuff I do, like, I just, I love the, the lore. Uh, big lore guy here for the Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I'm excited to see where. Uh, where this goes because there's a number there's a number of ways uh, that this can definitely go you have one antagonist in uh, Boba Fett here Um, we still got Moff Gideon out in the distance you know he's gonna show up and I can't wait to see the Darksaber be put to use and you know to what you said earlier Jerome about world building and having all these characters already built up and really just an extensive list of things that they've already done they have a lot of ways that they can go back to these uh, these people and these characters and kind of continue the story and make it even more interesting. And I also thought again before you before you continue um, that uh, again the the use of Baby Yoda was just perfect. Like, just keep it, it was so patient. It was so yeah. brilliant. You know, it's great pacing. It's mm-hmm. and that's really what the show does well. It's just really good at pacing itself. It doesn't give you too much they know when they're going for like a really intense uh, type of episode all the time. Um, and then there's a, the, the more laid back episodes with backstories. And then they kind of lead towards a, a build up one of a objective a to objective B to objective C. 
And that's what this show has continued to do well. And um, I just I just love how they're uh, building not only this world, but uh, building the story and taking us somewhere that we're all excited to go. Yeah, no, I fully agree. Um, to the Baby Yoda point, I think that is one of those things that feels like something I do like seeing in more or what appears to be more the case now because something as monumental as Baby Yoda was in season one, you can just imagine a studio saying, we need 10 times that. Mm -hmm. Like we need to make a Minions movie basically, like something to that effect. And the fact that they allowed them to have so much restraint and the use of Baby Yoda in the first episode, I absolutely loved because um, I think we saw fairly enough that we can trust whatever amount of Baby Yoda, like we'd be in for anyway. But still knowing right. that and holding back, I really liked. And to Boba Fett specifically, um, I've only seen a couple of things uh, like here and there. But I feel like the potential of bringing someone as iconic as Boba Fett, but also within specifically the films, like such a limited character. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel there is potential there to just expand and give so much layer to uh this character the same way they did darth maul in a lot of the animated works mm -hmm. right um because honestly darth maul really only exists in the one phantom menace and was just this very elusive character but then like had such a like deeper arc and uh presence in all the other um shows that appeared afterward and i think that's a place that this can go i don't think it'll go to that depth because obviously it's just existing in this one mandalorian show. yeah but um I, I think it would be cool just to add a little more layer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they're going to, I think we're going to see uh, more of those characters for the shows, which I haven't actually watched myself, but I'm actually going to try and yeah. get into. I did watch the first Rebels oh, episode. I was going to say, same I, I Rebels, and not yeah. same in terms of what you said. I haven't watched them and I'm probably not going to get into them. So no, I'm going to I'm going to try because it seems like there's going to be some characters from there that mm -hmm. show up. So I want to get a little bit of a background That's on on uh, on who I they are say, so um the pods with amin and freddie prince jr got me into like actually watching some of the rebels stuff which uh i did enjoy i i will say i did i did enjoy watching but like kind of the same idea like uh they they really did work off you know each episode was its own isolated mission but it always would drive the plot just a bit forward and i think that's kind of a very star wars show thing that they do um and pretty well honestly uh it seems like they have a pretty good formula with it now Right, right. And let me just let me just quickly go over some uh, some of the more fun Easter eggs. I don't know if you remember those uh, those pigs wrestling at the at wrestling at the beginning when Mando's in that, uh, that mm -hmm. little fight yep. club. They were uh, two Gamorreans. And if you remember them from Return of the Jedi, I do. Uh, yes. mm -hmm. They were they were at the beginning of the movie when you uh, dealt with uh, Jabba the Hutt and his <laughs> uh, his minions, um, yeah. as per se. Um, I thought it was cool that um, you know, as as Mando and the child are walking around, uh, you see the 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 spray painted uh, stormtroopers from um, this is right <laughs> after the rebellion has won and the second mm. Death Star was destroyed. Um, that was cool too, and it felt like there was a lot of there was a lot of Tatooine, there was a lot of uh, most Eisley uh, references in the in this uh, first episode, and uh, yeah, a lot of callbacks to to the uh, Star Wars lore that uh, we know and love from, from the old days. So listen. But done in a way that didn't feel like very like wink, wink to the camera, like grown. Yeah, not oh, in your face. Here we go again, you know? Especially because they're on Tatooine, but they're not in Mos Eisley. They're in Mos right. Espa. And then what's, I forget the name of Timothy Oliphant's town. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, 
it's kind of weird that like they he never heard of that town because we'll start this little nerdy Star Wars review. You know, all the sit- settlements in Tatooine are all on Most the Pelico North Pole. What? Pelco. Okay. They're Pelco all right near the North Pole because this planet is too hot Los to pull like anywhere Loco. else. So, well, fun fact for y'all. Uh, Los Poyos Hermanos for that's uh, it. Thank breaking, you. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, breaking uh, bad fans <laughs> um, and Giancarlo Esposito's character. But yeah, um, I guess in in terms of final thoughts, uh, Jake, what what are you what are you looking forward to seeing? Um, I'm I'm excited season? for this. Uh, I think just want to say I think it's truly an achievement that I this has probably happened somewhere else. But I was shocked when like I had glanced down at my phone uh, just to see something election related at the time. And I look back up and the aspect ratio of the screen changed. I'm like, is this a TV show going to IMAX? And sure enough, it looks like it was. I don't know. I don't think it was literally IMAX. But like that really just opens the door for so much stuff. That if they're willing to commit the kind of money that it costs to do that, um, I'm excited. Because it's because obviously the reason that The Mandalorian is good is not because of sequences like that. Because it's, you know, a much quieter, smaller show than that. But I think when you can get those sequences, it... It, it, it keeps you in the Star Wars universe where it's like, where when they decide they're going to have a big action sequence, it doesn't feel like the diet version of a regular Star Wars action sequence. It feels like the quality, like they're putting just as much effort into it as a movie. And that was really, really encouraging. And see, I'm just excited to see what happens this season. I'm excited to see, um, just honestly, more Baby Yoda, hoping that we you know can learn more about him. Yeah. Um, because obviously that's a big question that really we've never had an answer about. Is he Yoda's son? Is he just another member of the species? Is he a clone of Yoda? I'm personally team. He's a clone of Yoda, but that's just me. Um, but yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Jerome, how about you? What are, what are you looking forward to the rest of the season? I, I just love me a second season, especially when I do enjoy a show because it's just, it's always that thing where, they know themselves and especially if they have the confidence in what they have going and just just such a strong self-awareness like they just will have so much fun and this first episode like really shows exactly that right there like at what point in the first season of mandalorian did you think like what's that a dragon like, <laughs> you know and so just the fact that they already went there with that and i can I'm not saying that, like, you know, let's add, you know, giant unicorn next episode, but there's just this level of, you know, they want to have more fun with it. They want to tap into things um, and they are not going to be bogged down be, like any uh, show would be by like having to do all the level of world building and introduction to characters. Now they're just going to push things forward. And uh, for how they've done it so far, it's it's really um not fun to continually repeat this the same way I do when it comes to Marvel, but I'm just excited what they're going to throw at me. And I don't want yeah. to really think about what it is that they're going to do, but just like be a fan and just enjoy it and not speculate into what's going on. Yeah. And that was, yeah, that's a good point that you make because this was one of the, one of the uh, few times that I did not watch a trailer for um, this. I did not watch the trailer for this season. Because I, I, I felt like there was just something fresh about what they did mm-hmm. in season one. So I just wanted to come in fresh and not see any scenes and just, and I really felt like in a way, like it was really just cool to just watch the show and really be introduced and enthralled into the world and everything that's just going on. Just immersing yourself in and not think about like anything, like just, just live in it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, 
And I, and for as far as like what I want to see, um, I'm looking forward to to Mandor running into a Jedi. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to another uh, Moff uh, Gideon uh, confrontation, which Dark that Saber. should be really really fun. I'm sure we'll get that at some point. And uh, some of the newer characters that are definitely going to be showing up um, and making an impact and seeing you know, what other kind of tricks Baby Yoda has up its sleeve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you combine that together and man, you got a, you got a formula for a great second season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we'll re- be recapping these episodes and, uh, you know, we'll be having fun doing them. Uh, this was fun to do and uh, we'll definitely be back next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, where can we follow you, sir? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the Jake Christie. Listen to my other podcast uh, where I, me and Andre Barrera, uh, we're rewatching the USA Network original series Monk called No Funk and Strictly Monk, and you can find that on my Twitter feed. Um, and before don't I don't like, sell it, who who are you getting on? Yeah, this we got the creator yeah, of the yeah. show. We got one of the st- two well, two mm. of the stars of the show on the same episode. Mm. You know, we're just we're, we're as I was saying to them beforehand. Like, I think it's really a testament to what you can achieve when you say no to Funkin and yes to Monkin. Uh, so tune in if you're a fan of the show. <laughs> um, and before I go, I got to let out one more Mando. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh, Jerome Cheng, where can we follow you, sir? Uh, you can follow me at black dragon roll. Um, I'm excited to watch this with you guys. Uh, obviously we have been lacking in Marvel content, but that's not, I mean, like, I, I think the other thing that really brought us together is, you know, it just happened to be that uh infinity or was coming out but yeah. we just love watching like really good stuff and talking right. about it together so i'm excited to dive into this with you two and mm-hmm. uh yeah i think that, that covered it right there sounds good and um you can follow me on twitter at ac spotlight nine five uh programming note um there is another show on this network uh obviously our own show marvel there's another show on this network uh marvel did what that i do with stephanie williams been really busy over the last month getting things situated but uh we're gonna get back into some new stuff soon uh definitely we have to talk about uh house of m which is the is what wandavision is uh, uh adapting on the screen so that it's important to get into that story as wandavision is seemingly weeks away it's a uh, you it's, know at this i think point, it's gonna premiere either the week after the mandalorian ends or they'll have like a week break and then it will right. come out um yeah, yeah the big rumor is it's Black Friday, but we but we shall see. That's uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's I think end of November, early December, one of those. I think like I said on Twitter, they're gonna drop it like a Beyonce album. We're not gonna know. <laughs> it's just gonna drop and it's just gonna be there. Mm-hmm. So so we'll, for all we'll see we know, happens. we're recording this pod right now and it's just been sitting there for the last hour. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> out, you know? don't, don't say that because that <laughs> can't be all nuts about it. If that's the case, if I just see it on my on my feed tomorrow when I if, when I when if I turn anyone on the hears like a loud, loud crack. That's because like it just premiered and AC ran off <laughs> the feeding at that point. Yeah. Pretty much that's what it is. And uh yeah, the, eventually we'll we'll do a news and notes episode because there's a lot of stuff that happened in the MCU uh while we were uh away. But um for the meantime, uh rate review, subscribe to the show, follow us at MC University uh, MC University Pod. And um, yeah, for Jake Christie, Jerome Chang, I'm Anthony Kant on the third. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will be talking to you next week. Take care. Bye.